Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Episode 35? Oh my God, 35. I'm so much older than 35. When we get to 48, I should do something really special, which is my age, right? 48. So Kathy and Jeannie and I on this episode talk about aging parents or ailing parents. Obviously, I guess your parents age, but my dad's really healthy. And I know both Jeannie and Kathy uh, have uh, moms that are not in great health and have required a lot of long distance care from their daughters because uh, both of their moms are on the East Coast and we're in California. So I wanted to kind of get some perspective on what it's like for them, what it's like for their families. Um and it ended up being a much bigger conversation. I think we talked about forgiveness. We talked about, um, you know, our fears uh, with parents aging or ailing or dying uh, and how things change in life. So I think it ended up being a pretty good, deep conversation, as it usually is with Miss Jeannie Turbo um, and Kathy, too. But um, so anyway, I learned a lot. I hope you learn a lot, too. Thanks for coming back every week. Um, Halston told me the reason that my wife of the party bags aren't selling is because I don't talk about them on the podcast. So maybe I should talk about the fact that I've people keep asking me for swag, wife of the party swag, and I don't look good in a t shirt. I just don't. I just don't look good in a t-shirt. So I just couldn't bring myself to make a t-shirt I would not wear myself. So I made a canvas bag. It's a really nice bag. Um, it's got some nice handles. You could use it for shopping or for books. And uh, it says Wife of the Party has a logo on the front. So if you're interested in a bag, you can go to wifeotp.com and they are on sale on my website. Um, but regardless, thank you so much for showing up every week. I am still very much enjoying this podcast and um, I hope you're enjoying it too. And enjoy episode 35 with Kathy and Jeannie. talk to you guys because i know Jeannie, your mom has been really ill uh-huh and kathy's mom has been in and out of ill mm-hmm. and i know a lot of people who listen have parents who are starting to decline or have already declined and i wanted to see what that was like for you guys what what what, do you, what are your thoughts and feelings about this part of being an adult being an adult child of a of an ailing parent, perhaps failing ailing parent, and I think both of us because our, our parents aren't here. I was right. just going to say, I yeah. feel like one of the hardest it things is, hard. is being on a different coast, mm-hmm. right. like trying to manage care 
for someone who's 3,000 miles yeah. away. Like, that's really challenging. Do you have siblings closer to your mom? Yes. Yeah. I, well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have a sibling who is closer and a sibling who's further away. But my sibling who's closer, well, it doesn't really deal with it. Is he a brother? Yeah. yeah. I have two brothers. And yeah. he just doesn't. His wife does more so than him, but it falls to me. It's, uh, yeah. And I think that that's pretty normal that it falls so to too. the daughter's. Yeah. If you have two sons, I feel like you're screwed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you get old, you're done. Um, but definitely because my mom um, is back east and I have a brother and a sister who both live very close to her and it really pretty much falls on my sister mm-hmm. who's um, very close there. But my brother, every once in a while, I think will sense my sister anger and resentment mm. and step in and be like, you know, do you, do you need me to do this or do you need me to do that? Um, but uh, it's pretty much on my sister. and But she's the middle child, which tends to be kind of like the martyr like, right. child. <laughs> so I think she would do it anyways. Even if I lived there, she would probably be t- controlling it because I'm younger than her. But um, it is really hard being away because you feel really guilty all the time about not helping and not being there and feeling like you're not contributing. Do you feel guilty? Yeah, I don't feel guilty in that way because... I'm the only one contributing, Yeah, actually. Right. My older brother really just checks out, and my younger brother is so disengaged. It's unbelievable. Wow. Um, so I don't really feel guilty. What I, The challenge is when she was really very sick, and even actually this summer when she was sick, is really trying to communicate with doctors and the hospital and whatnot and being in a different time zone. And, you know, her, she's really bad at... Uh, asking doctors questions Mm. so she comes out with partial information Uh or maybe he's only sharing what she wants you to know um, because my mom is definitely selective on what she wants to share my sister if my sister's not in the room yeah she has to follow a doctor out like afterward to follow up and be like what did you tell her what does she because my mom will be like no no i'm fine all good interesting Mm. yeah which is a lot of what's gotten her into the situation is for years she ignored health issues because she never went to the doctor ever until like literally had to be hospitalized and like they didn't think she'd ever go home. This was like 10 years ago and they literally put her in the hospital and didn't think she'd go home. It was 2009. So nine years ago. I remember it so well. I flew home. It was March. She was in the hospital. They didn't think she'd go home. And now here we are nine years later. So she didn't change her behavior after that. Um, well, the damage was done. Yeah. Um, Do you mind? Yeah. So she has COPD. Um, Mm -hmm. so years of smoking, um, what is COPD? It's a breathing. It's C- kind of like emphysema, but it's different. Okay. She can't walk like, like walking 20 feet would be like, she'd be breathless. Like is she, she on oxygen. Um, she was on oxygen for a long time. She's no longer on oxygen, but she has all those constant like breathing things that yeah. she has to inhale to try to open up her airwaves. Her, the, it means your airwaves are like cobwebs. Like oh. it's just really hard for anything to get through. So she cannot any sort of exertion. Like, you know, when she comes to visit, I would love to take her to like the Getty or all these places. She'd have to be in a wheelchair and she's super proud. So she doesn't right. like being a wheelchair. It frustrates her. Mm-hmm. Um, but just walking like out my front door to my car will be like 10 minutes of us driving in the car of her gasping, trying to oh, breathe. Oh my goodness. So that is, but that's, we've had that for a long time um i mean the past nine years because she got in the hospital um because of her breathing and was on oxygen we came home with all the tanks we thought that she'd have them for the rest of her life but she's managed it to the point that she doesn't need it but she really can't do much right uh and then she has a lot of gastrointestinal issues too oh really Mm -hmm. that's what just ended her in the hospital oh no that's all new stuff 
So that's another issue that keeps and her is homebound. Is that diagnosed? Does she like... It is diagnosed, okay. but a lot of it could be fixed through surgery, but the doctors say she's not a candidate for surgery due to her other health, her issues. Other health issues. So right. it's stuff that you just have to live with. Manage. Manage yeah. other oh, ways. So, yeah. But, you know, and I think that we're... It's an interesting time because I, our parents are from a very different time mm-hmm. and nobody worked out. Nobody took care of themselves. They all started smoking when they were like 13 years old right. and smoked constantly unfiltered cigarettes. You know, it was just a really different... They were drinking at a really young age. Not that we weren't, but like different, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, How old is your mom? Um, seven, way, way too young to be as ill as yeah, she yeah, is. Yeah. But she's 75. That's really young. That's my mom too. Yeah, super young. Super yeah. young. And um, and they just didn't take care of themselves. I mean, some did, but I think the majority did not take care of themselves. Right. Not like we do, you know? No, it's very different. Like, my mom didn't drink or smoke, but like anything frozen food, like that's still what she's eating. Like that's yeah. her nutrition. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like right. anything like a throw, a can of soup and this together, you mix it and that's dinner. And right. like, that stuff is crap. Yeah. Like, have you had any like vegetables that Something didn't come fresh. from a can yeah. or whatever recently? So I feel like a lot of that is a problem yeah. too. Like just right. the lack of understanding right. of how bad that stuff is for you. So I say we're different. I hope we are. <laughs> yeah, right. I think we are. I, I definitely so. think we are. I know my my... Now that you say it generationally, yeah. mm-hmm. my grandparents lived to be pretty old. Yeah. And they, although they didn't work out, they were all like hard working people. They, right. They did not sit at a desk and work right. all day. They right. were out. They were farmers. So they yeah. were getting physical. So it's different. Yeah, yeah. They fresh air, physical, and they grew everything they ate. Both my parents parents had their own food farm they would buy some things from the grocery store but most of it came from their own land and then my dad's generation um got into more processed foods but my dad still was a really hard worker same kind of physical laborer but i think of my friend's parents from his age and they're far more ill than my grandparents were Mm -hmm. that's interesting my grandparents i still have a grandmother living who's 85 um or no it's 87 i guess now but um and she's doing really great all things considered Mm -hmm. her age and she's had health problems throughout her life too um but but she's still kicking it. She's still yeah. bright. But there are people in my parents' generation who are actually, in some ways, not as healthy as she is. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if it is from change in diet, change in lifestyle. I mean, my grandparents all smoked unfiltered cigarettes, right. all, you know, drank too, but were pretty healthy, physically yeah. healthy. No heart conditions, no, you know, no breathing problems, yeah. no, I, I don't know. And, because my dad's 70, even though he's five years younger. It's the same generation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Your dad's so active, though. My dad's so... My dad yeah. is an anomaly. He is he is a freak. He's yeah. 145 pounds. He has... the Like, the, the doctor was like, you have... Like, inside your body, you're about... 54. Wow. That's awesome. And I'm like, Great. wow. Yeah. <laughs> so he's amazing. Some good genes. And he works out every day. Yeah. He's, he he bought himself a treadmill at a yard sale oh, for $25. Yeah. Oh, my And God. he gets on his little treadmill every single day because now he's retired. So he makes sure that's that awesome. he does push-ups and sit-ups um, every single day he's because so he cute. knows that's how you, you know, keep your core healthy. Yes. Good he's for just him. always been like that. Now, no one else in his family is that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just, like I said, kind of an anomaly. 
That's awesome. Um, well, and the saddest one. thing with my mom is that she's like, her brain is insane. Right. She mm-hmm. is so sharp. Yeah. She is always the smartest person in the room. And so she's trapped in this body that can't do anything. And she yearns for like, uh, I mean, I give her, I give her a lot of credit because she will force herself to go somewhere every day. It could literally just be going to the public library and returning books and picking up a new book and she orders them online. So she's gotten really good at about managing what she can manage. So she can order the book online from the public library. If it's in stock, they'll have it at the front desk for her. Mm-hmm. So she, all she has to do is park in the handicapped parking spot, mm-hmm. take the elevator up, walk in, return her books, grab her new book and walk out. Aww. And so she can do certain things like that, you know, at the grocery store, interesting enough, because she's like leaning on the cart. <laughs> She can go to the grocery store and buy some things. So she gets herself out every day. She's in a book club. She plays bridge um, because she yearns for social. You know, like she's so smart and she wants to talk to people. And she's really interested in what's going on in the world today. Loves to talk about it is on the Internet 24-7. And your dad has passed. Yeah. Yeah. And he was so he was healthier, ironically, or so we thought, than she was. She was always the one with the health issues. He took care of her. Mm -hmm. But he just died. You know, he was, you know, he wasn't as healthy as we thought he was he had a heart attack which was sudden but again from smoking because he was in he had heart disease and it was all caused by smoking all caused by smoking Uh uh-huh do you guys know that's a new apple watch can predict if you are having a heart attack oh you're kidding oh no the brand new one that just came out can tell if you're having a heart attack oh that's crazy can i call 911 for you i wonder right It does. It, does? it would make sense, it right? I mean, oh that's my god! That is well, and the craziest thing is that you know. he was in a hospital when it happened, which is like if you're going to have a heart attack, where you want to have one. But um, he, they, they, his doctor sent him to the hospital because he said he had pneumonia. Because in the X-ray, the enlarged heart looked like the lungs, oh, yeah. like he had pneumonia, oh but it was actually his enlarged heart. Wow. And they realized it after that he didn't have pneumonia; he was in having heart disease and was in heart failure. Mm-hmm. And um, they put put him on a giant bag of IV um, antibiotics, which is like the worst thing to do for someone who's in heart failure. Oh no! And then he had a heart attack. Wow. I know. But my mom again, like we thought she would not survive without him, and she just powers through. It's right. unbelievable. It'll be three years November, and she's sad. I mean, I, when I went to go visit her in August, she you know will say, "I'm really sad. I'm really lonely. I miss him." You know, mm-hmm. but she powers through she's still at home right no she moved um three months after he died out of a house that they lived in for over 30 years so where is she now she's in a condo right by my sister right but she's still living on her on her own yes yes yeah she moved into a she moved from literally like a 3500 square foot house into a 750 square foot apartment my mom just put an application in thank god um we've been talking about this for a long time to um assisted living she did she did i'm so excited but is it Um, like a retire like are it's like a retirement community it is she has her own uh, she will have her own apartment she is allowed to have a pet she can still drive like but they have all, like she's alone Activities. in this giant house yeah. Yeah. by herself she sees no one yeah but like they have a bus that will take you shopping you can go to the supermarket like all of that kind of stuff i'm like go live with yeah. other human yeah. beings like you're so Good stressed about like who's gonna plow my driveway i can't get out today well like, and it's expensive you know, that upkeep on a house so crazy. is really and expensive. she owns her house outright but she's like the taxes and just like maintaining a house and something breaks she can't fix it yeah you know what i mean it's so, on her yeah it's, that's i'm my so mom, excited it's a two-year waiting list but oh, so who knows but so what like two years like yeah she can do it for two more years if um, she no my mom immediately went out of the house she'd been trying to convince yeah. my dad for a while to move into a smaller place but there it would they were on a big piece of land it was a lot of upkeep and she just said 
but all I do is walk around and look for him. I don't want to walk around and look mm. for him. So I think that's why she moved into such a small place. Right. Is that there's nowhere to look. <laughs> so tiny. Right. But we're trying to convince her to move into a... She's in a nice condo building with really nice people. And so when I go visit, I like try to talk to everybody in the elevator. Right? I'm like, maybe right. it's a friend. You know? <laughs> but um, they're not like that there because it's not the kind of building it is. Yeah. But she has a friend who just put her name on a list at a one that we wanted her to move into in the first place, but she just wasn't ready to make that commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, that they have like a book club in the building. They have yes, right. all, exactly. all those craft things in the building. She it would love that. to like get in there. So you got to put your name so on So she just early. did put her name on. Yeah. I'm hoping. Well, I didn't know Connie did that. That's great. She did. Yep. We've been talking about it for a long time. She's looked at a bunch of places. Like originally her plan was to move out here. I was going to say, would she look at any out here? She did fun. actually. She yes. Um, she can't afford no, to live expensive. out here. Right. You know, she lives in Maine and owns yeah. her own house. Like she, the, you cannot translate to LA. Like mm-hmm. she just financially cannot right. make that happen. So she found a great place, like twenty minutes from where she currently Such lives. Peace of mind like, for you. I'm so excited. Yeah. I really hope something comes up fairly soon. She's yeah. ready. She's like, I'm done with the house. I'm done with dealing with this. Like, That's really good. I'm yeah. so excited. It'll be so awesome to know that she's with other people and to know like if at some point she does need additional care I have a place to go right like you know what yeah. I mean like they have there are tons of resources yeah. they'll bring you to the doctor for a dollar a you dollar. know what I mean yeah, yeah a dollar it it's costs to take the bus or and whatever. their meals are taken care of I mean they usually have pretty good food at these places. well she actually will not have any sort of meal plan because oh. she'll be in her own apartment oh, okay but at some point she can but can she buy know? into it and still go from her apartment like into there I'm not sure oh okay I don't. I didn't because that's another big know. social thing. It it's sad that they're eating alone. That's, yeah, exactly. It's not well, exactly. we are tribal, you know, creatures. We are not yeah. meant to be singular. Yeah, and I think. I mean, my plan has always been. I mean, I'm fine to move into a community like that whenever I feel like it. We should because yeah. I mean, this little village we live in is kind of that yeah. even though it's not retirement community but everybody has everybody knows everybody and right. it's, i could walk to your house you could walk to yeah. my house you know right i walked here this morning i know you did yeah. so <laughs> i mean that's what i think life is about i mean yes. growing up in a small town that's kind of what life was about until you get really old yeah and yeah. then when you get really old you know, some people will come visit, but I, I think I think you're just crazy to to hold on to this idea of this house is my house and I'm independent in this way instead of just embracing where you are. Yeah. You know, if you're in a place where you what why what's so bad about having someone help you? If you've been on this planet seventy five years mm-hmm. and you have health issues, what's so bad about that? I don't right. know. I'm not saying your parents feel that way, yeah. but I think a lot right. of people feel like no 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 i'm in this house till i die you know my yeah. my grandmother is still in her house uh-huh. by herself and will not consider going anywhere else and i'm like but now you have your daughter and her daughter who are constantly caring for you so in a certain way you've taken over their lives yeah and they don't have a choice because yeah. you won't transition into an appropriate place in your life you know she really does need She's she's not in bad health. She's just really frail, mm. and she's well at eighty five. Yeah, she's yeah. The, yeah she's really <laughs> you know? frail, yeah. and she's can't keep up with her medication. And when she needs to take it, and if you if you don't put food in front of her, she'll just forget to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like that. Nothing's wrong with her health wise. Yeah, um, right. she has some slight back problems, but nothing. I mean, eighty seven. So. 
but I just keep, I hope that I'm not, I mean, selfish is a strong word. I don't think she's being selfish. Yeah, I think right. she likes her home and mm-hmm. she doesn't want to go And she doesn't necessarily, away. they don't necessarily see themselves as a burden because they don't see, well, I also it's a different yeah. mentality, but they mm-hmm. don't, you know, they think that you want to be with them and help them. So it's not a problem. They don't know how busy, they are so, so far away from, where you are at your life and how yeah. busy you are with your own kids and your yeah. own family that they don't necessarily see how challenging it can be to like make that time to get in there and help. The, um, and one thing I find interesting about this age we're in right now is that when your kids are really little and it's so like challenging, life is challenging, you're chasing toddlers around and so busy with all that. You think God, it's going to be so easy when they're like teenagers <gasps> in high Huge. school. But it's so it mentally, I guess it's not. Physically, it's easier. Mentally, it's yeah, not yeah, easier. it's totally different ball game, isn't it? But it's what's so interesting is the amount of our friends whose parents are sick or have died in like the last two or three years. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like every time I talk to someone, I mean, we have another really good friend whose mom has been dealing with. I don't know if she's dementia or Alzheimer's, and her dad was the healthy one, and he's the caretaker, and she would go home to like take care of her mom so that her dad could get a break and he just had a stroke <gasps> oh no and he's the healthy one and now so now they've both been moved in they thank god are in the same room but like moved into a full-time care facility and they don't oh, know goodness. what his recovery is going to be like but like he was the healthy one you know and right, yeah. um and he was the caretaker for her mom and now he needs a caretaker so it's just it is like just how many friends we talk to and i do now that i've lost my dad and i hear someone lost a parent i know like how much that hurts and takes such a piece of your heart that I feel like it just is such a different time it's you know some things are easier and then all of a sudden you get this new thing thrown at you where oh my god now our parents are dying and getting sick and we have to deal with that and our kids don't really get it you know well no yeah Yeah. no I don't think I really got it until recently you know my dad's so healthy and I don't have a relationship with my mom I started getting it when my grandparents started passing because my I was I mean I was pretty close to my grandparents and I started going wait this is affecting so many people when they start getting ill and and I don't know I just didn't I was very self-involved I guess or very self-absorbed and didn't see I guess everybody was so young I mean my dad was 21 when I was born yeah his parents were like 19 when he was born Uh so everybody was so young relatively in my life that they didn't start having people die or anything like that happening until I was pretty old. Right. I mean, I just lost my grandparents like two years ago. Wow. I'm 48. <laughs> so I, yeah. Yeah. I had three grandparents until That's two years amazing. ago. And, and then that is amazing. my last grandparent died when I was seven. Yeah. See what I, I was mean? 13. Yeah. I'm totally way past yeah. you guys. Yeah. And so for me, that realization of wait, this is my future came a little later. Yeah. Is um, at some point I'll have to help take care of my dad. My dad has some retirement, but not really. Mm-hmm. Not really that much. He has a lot of property that could be sold yeah. to take care of him. Well, and that's the but, other thing of this age is there's the physical aspects. My mom financially is fine. She doesn't need, you know, any, if anything, she's constantly helping us. But they, um, I have lots of friends who are financially supporting parents mm-hmm. at this point. Right. And that's just, it. Ha- you know, it has to happen. It has to you happen, know? yeah. So, um, 
it's like it's not just even the sick physical it's the parent who you financially need to support because they're your parent yeah and what do you do you can't just say yeah sucks for you you're yeah. out on the street you you have to do it i mean i think i'm trying to and i wonder if that's a generational thing too because we are so like big on saving for our retirement yeah we are number yeah. one we want to be able to retire and i don't yeah. even know if that's a reality these days like i my right. dad retired at 63 I mean, I'm 48. There's no fucking way I'm retiring at 63. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't even imagine. Like, right. how are people retiring these days? And we're saving so much money yeah. and being so careful about putting money away. And I still, when I look at what that's going to be in 10 years, I'm like, the reality is, like, we're going to be working a lot longer. Although retirement for my dad at 63 was terrible for him. He should have kept working because it, right. he just sat in front of the TV and watched TV. Like, he watched ESPN all day. So well, there's that, but the other part of it is too. Things are so much more expensive comparatively speaking. I think yeah. you could buy a house for thirty grand, right? When they were starting to buy houses, and you, you know, college, college for me was something like four grand a year. Yeah, we got to pay for our kids to get through college. <laughs> you know, and that's my point. Is like when I was in college, which was only twenty five years ago, yeah. which is a long time, but not really. C- considering how much it's increased yeah. in percentage. You My know? husband's yeah. convinced there's a bubble. There's a college bubble and it's going to burst. It, that it, The reality is well, it cannot keep. Hope. You can't hope. These $70,000 a year no. now for some of these schools, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Especially like in England, in Canada, where it's so affordable. Well, how many yeah. people are going to start just like, in, I have friends whose son's a senior at Harvard Westlake. I mean, he's like a really bright kid. He's only applying to schools in England because it's three years and it's $20,000 a year. So you're done at right. $60,000. Right. And they're like, yeah. And they're really good schools. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, what's really funny is my 14-year-old daughter had all of her 14-year-old freshman friends over a couple weekends ago. And she, after they all left, she was like, we have a plan. We are all going to community college the first two years of college and then transferring to a big university because none of her friends have wealthy parents. Yeah. They're all either yeah. like us or less than us. Yeah. So they're they're so like, smart. that's our reality. That's the reality that all my friends are living in. Yeah. And I would like to live in that reality, too, is basically what Georgia said. And I was like, I have no problem Santa with Monica you going. Santa College is amazing. Pa- Pasadena Community yeah. College, City College is amazing. That's so funny. When on the drive up to the camping trip this weekend, yeah. I was talking to Felicia and she was saying that somebody's uh, I don't know one of her kids soccer coaches their daughter got accepted to some big east school that's like 70 grand or whatever and they basically she got accepted but the school asked her to sort of defer so she goes to community college for a year she does well she did really really well so she enters as a sophomore at 70 grand but she has a year of community college under her belt and because she did so well they ended up giving her even more financial aid so now she's only paying three years for this big fancy pants school but still getting the degree from there and they're encouraging to sort of help offset the cost of that there's like these programs that schools are doing I was like that's fine the three of us did the what would we do differently and what would we tell our younger self and Uh one of the big things I would have told my younger self was to go to community college for a year yeah right (laughs) Right? at least one year if not two is when you transfer in even as a junior apparently as someone else was talking to me it wasn't you but someone else was talking to me about this 
last week because I had maybe it was Tatum's mom because I had told her what Georgia had said to me that mm-hmm. all of us are going to go to community college together that way we can be together yeah yeah and it won't be so pressured and, this and is then such we a bad can city figure to be out in community college for two years for right? You know, right it's not like you're in some like Odak little a <laughs> totally. lot of people go to like Santa Barbara I mean but you have to pay rent then Santa Barbara City College is really good too yeah so at least they're like away somewhere Pasadena City College is gorgeous yeah. and a great city college yeah. but they were but I was telling her she said you know the acceptance rate applying as a sophomore you're you you're like um what'd she say like the likelihood of getting the school you want to be going to yeah. is higher if you higher. transfer in all as those a sophomore. Di- kids right. who shouldn't have gone away flunked out probably <laughs> and, 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 and you wrap your head around yourself that you can actually achieve yeah yes you know totally and, and you're you so much better. more mature i yes. mean that's a big year yeah. It is a big year and there's a lot to, to bite off. Like if you're yeah. moving, you're no longer living with your parents, you're having to feed yourself three meals a day and you're having to time manage everything you do. I know my freshman year, I pretty much lived on salsa and tortilla chips. Oh, I was, <laughs> that was it. ramen. I have salsa and tortilla chips. Bagels, ramen, like every bad carb that you could constantly be putting in your body. Because you can't uh, manage everything. Have everything. So, I don't know. You can't manage have, everything. Yeah. You know, you got you to gotta yeah. something you had to give for you to yeah. figure out how to function. Or at least it did for me. <laughs> the other, it's Mine was my liver. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah, liver was right, compromised yeah. as well. It was lightly like compromised. compromised. That's why I always um, eating all the carbs to absorb the liquor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the greasy carbs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, so Kathy, it, it quickly though with your brothers, um, and with your mom helping your mom uh, do they not help just because it doesn't occur to them or do they not help because they're angry or like frustrated or I think it's both my mom is very challenging mm-hmm. so I think both of my brothers have just sort of checked out because it's easier yeah um, and they she's know challenging that I'll in take what care way demanding she's just a hard person and she's has a very challenging relationships with her kids she okay. is not um an is it easy from person childhood? to get along what is it from childhood yeah yeah oh yeah she's just a tough person well so it's so interesting with. one of the so, things that has come to light like with with my mom being sick is um like definitely like everyone has their shit from childhood of sure. bad things that happened yeah. yeah and there was some r- really rough years growing up with my mom ironically i was seven when her father passed away and she definitely went into like a pretty heavy depression mm-hmm. And um, and I was young, so this is kind of my way I looked at it, and I kind of assumed we all looked at it, but there were years, you know, she was severely depressed and wasn't really a mom, you know, wasn't yeah. present. And as an adult now, so growing up, I probably, it messed with me bad. You know, like I'm sure, I mean, looking back, I'm not, I'm sure, I was a hot mess, you know, mm-hmm. teen years, hormonal, all that. My brother and my sister are older, so they went away to college, and I felt like I got left behind with all this shit. Um, but... As I got older and more mature and also became a parent and understand the challenges and how, you know, we deal and we have friends who have lost parents who have become severely depressed after losing a parent. I kind of get it. I was really depressed after my dad died. I came out of it, but like, you know, shorter than some other friends. Mm -hmm. But um, I I forgave her. Like she's, I always had unconditional love. I always had a roof over my head. I had clothes on my back. I had an education that was paid for. And even though like she wasn't present, I never doubted that she loved me, you know, mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. I was totally loved. Right. And um, I think my sister feels very similar to the way I feel about it. But my brother is super angry. Really? Yeah. Angry. And so I don't know if that's why he doesn't 
help, but he still is angry. And I, and when I say you need help, like you need to talk to someone, he's like, you need help. You know, you've forgotten all the bad. I'm like, no, I remember the bad. I've moved past the bad. Right. Yeah, you've forgiven I'm, the bad. I'm okay. Like I, right. I understand that she wasn't fully capable of doing what she needed to do as a mom at that point. But he is just, and I, and I didn't know that. This is like, you know, I see him several times a year and this is all stuff that's come out since she has gotten sick and he's angry. And I'm just like, you better, you don't know how much time you have left, you know, and if she goes and you're still angry, it's going to be a big problem for you. Yeah. So you you need to get past it. Do you feel like he's doing, do you feel his anger is for him? But obviously your mom probably knows or feels that something's amiss. Yeah. Do you think he's being punitive to her by not forgiving her or is the lack of forgiveness Possibly. all about him you know to punish oh yeah you weren't there for me so i'm not there for you well I, he, and he or, is though like my, he, my sister and i will be surprised he's a really good cook and all of a sudden you know my sister's like mom's at dave's for dinner you know and hmm. so i'm like oh good you know like you know, that's nice so he does i think he has those moments where he feels bad and mm-hmm. um but I, it just makes me sad that he's so angry yeah, yeah. It's part of it's your disposition too. Sounds like your disposition always was glass half full, glass yeah. half full. Yeah. I'm a glass half full person, but I think I became one. I think in the beginning or when I was younger, I was much more like half empty. Uh-huh. Um, so I wonder if if it's part of his disposition. Well, and I'm wondering or, if he's like, because I'm just finding out about the anger. My sister and I both and like the lot and we both have talked about it because he's both individually. It's come out. And um and I'm wondering if it's because he is scared of losing her. And so now he's like, oh, maybe even, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it is very interesting though, that when your parents get older and sick and how, what, how everyone deals with it. Yeah. And, um, well, you know, but, forgiveness yeah. sometimes is, can make you suffer grief. Yeah. Grief is a scary feeling for a lot of people to grieve. The loss of something is such a deep kind of sadness. I think when you, when you forgive something, then you have to let something go, right? right? Something has to be let go. And some people have a hard time grieving. I think I bet Midler has a quote that I put up on my wall from time to time that says something like, some people have a harder time letting go of the anger than, or had they'd rather hold on to the anger. The anger is comfortable mm-hmm. because the other stuff is not comfortable. Right. I've right. totally screwed up her quote, but um something to that effect like they'd rather have the bad feeling than the unknown feeling right. or, what. or the well, sad feeling or the sad and it's sure to be angry yeah. than it yeah. is to be sad no sad one wants to sit with that no. yeah that's, that's really true. painful it's just so interesting because it makes me sad it makes me really sad i had no idea that he was that angry and it like he has every right to be angry i definitely was angry a lot there you know it wasn't great mm-hmm. but i think just because i see so many people who have less than we had right that mm-hmm. i'm just really grateful for what i had yeah, even yeah. though it wasn't for a, like a really present mom for a lot of my childhood mm-hmm. she loved me and i never wanted for anything you know in terms of needs right so that's I, your glass half full yeah that's it's a uh, great yeah, way i just that's so why now i like where i'm worried about him too oh, yeah yeah well, you know, you'd hope that he'd be able to resolve some of that before she passes away yeah. so that he can, you know, kind of like our friend whose mom got ill and then they were able to kind of reconcile. But, but how devastating it was for her when her mom died because she'd spent years apart from her and yeah. then the reconciliation yeah, right. was so short. But maybe the reconciliation would never have happened if her mother wasn't dying. True. Right. So, you know, you you have to celebrate what you get. I yes. Guess, be really proud of what you have. And uh, 
Yeah. Let go of the rest. The rest is just kind of baggage, right? It is. Mm -hmm. And we're too old. We are kind of too old. And Dave's (laughs) older than we are. Yeah. I got, I mean, we're just too old. I'm just like, that's a lot to carry around. And it must be affecting every relationship in your life. Right. Yeah. In some way, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm anxious about um, my dad getting ill. My dad is um, not a good patient. (laughs) He's very stubborn. He's actually said, you know, if I have cancer, I'm not treating it. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Especially They're, with all the res- all the amazing things they have out there now. Exactly. Right? There's so much that's treatable now. Don't be an asshole is yeah. what I want to say. Yeah. But he's just that kind of stupid stubborn where you where he would he would do that. He would be like, you know, I have prostate cancer. I'm not treating it. And at his age, that's so freaking like yeah. almost to be expected. Um, right the that, fact that he hasn't had it yet exactly you're <laughs> like my dad had that point. years before he died of a heart so attack and was totally fine afterwards oh totally <laughs> but for my dad to be i'm not treating it i'm not scared of that i'm not doing that i go really that's so frustrating and i, I hope nothing ever happens with his health for his own sake but managing it i'm an only child i don't have anybody to fall back on he yeah. ha, you know he has a longtime girlfriend she has three kids who adore my dad but the amount of guilt I would feel for them to take care of him. Oh, yeah. Simply because of proximity. Uh, that would be really hard for me to, yeah. to know that. Not because I would be jealous or anything like that. It would feel I, it's my responsibility because he's my dad. And I have a life out here that I, I think it would be really hard to just pick up and move back to a town of 1,800 people to care for my dad. Oh, no. You know, I don't know how I could do that. He would never consent to be put in a home, any kind of assisted living, not ever. So, and he, and he couldn't afford to pay for any of that e- either. So the, the paying for it would be on us. You know, I think about that a lot when we're saving for retirement. I keep thinking, I wonder if we shouldn't like put some aside that's specifically for my dad's mm-hmm. health care so that we know that we at least have something. Obviously, we could take from our own retirement. It's all our money at the end of the day. Yeah. But I don't know if there's some kind of insurance you can purchase to insure yourself for paying for my dad. You, well, there there's is, long-term actually, care. Long-term health care. Oh, okay. It's expensive, but you buy it. it. It's hard to do it for someone who's 70. Yeah. Like, it's something that people should buy when they're much younger. Oh. But it's hard to make that monthly payment. Like, yeah. you know, It's super yeah. expensive. Is um, it knowing, really? But it basically covers you to stay in your home and have someone come. Right. Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. Like, there's certain levels of care right that you can have like any other insurance yeah so my mom does have it she does she does because she was a public school employee for so many years that she's really good retirement benefits and insurance so um she does have long-term care which is good yeah my mother does not my mother-in-law does yeah but my mother does not no my dad's got nothing he's he's got medicare or whatever yeah no he he has never had insurance ever until he got to be the age where she he could have medicare he wouldn't even go to the doctor his best friend was a doctor and that's the only way he would go to the doctor is if he went to see jeff oh my gosh other than that if something happened over and above jeff he was like well i'm just not dealing with it like he shattered his thumb i'm not i'm not i don't mean broke it i mean he shattered it he hit it with like uh uh like an air wrench and shattered it and he went to the doctor and the doctor was like with jeff and he's like you're gonna need surgery for that and he's like nope not doing it so he built himself a homemade 
splint to try and get this shattered thumb because he would not go have surgery on it. So now the thumb looks so ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't even look like a thumb. It looks like, uh, it looks like, I mean, it looks, it does look like a thumb, but it looks, it's like too stiff and straight looking. Aww. And, and so then he decided after he started, it started healing. He was like, okay, maybe I should go have it checked. So he goes to this orthopedist and the guy was like, it's too far gone now. I can't do anything with it. You're, it's just going to have to heal as it is. Uh, it probably needed like pins, and, yeah. Okay. And he's like, "Well, it's already started reforming, but you probably never." And be it wouldn't able have to, been a full. It would have been a full cast. It would have, and thumb. he would never yeah. have done oh, yeah. it. Yeah, he would never have done it. So what he did when the thumb was broken was he built himself a prosthetic thumb so he could continue to work. That was in a glove that he would put on with his broken thumb. Then he had a fake thumb, right? Oh my God. That he could use to like. As so he'll thought. do all that, but not go to the. But not go yeah. to the doctor. <laughs> so is it stubborn? Is it stubbornness, or is it fear, or what? I think it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's about money. So my mom had ample money and insurance, but has absolutely been deathly afraid of doctors for as long as I've been alive. And it could be, you know, her mom died of cancer. Her dad died of a heart attack but her, I think with her mom with the cancer doctors really really scared her there was a big fear mm. of doctors there was a Christmas when I was growing up that she was really sick and she always would do Christmas Eve dinner and never came down on Christmas Eve hadn't seen her for days up in her room sick and finally on Christmas Day um, my dad's like we have to call an ambulance your mom thinks she had a stroke she can't move <gasps> oh my. so I was like um, wait so when did she think she had the stroke like is this like days ago and finally she's like given the fact that she can't come down on Christmas um, she had shingles oh my oh, but like all over her back and so she couldn't move and she went and she had let them sit there untreated for so long that her whole body went numb. <gasps> but she'd rather lay in bed for right. like a week right. thinking you had a stroke right. than actually go to the doctor or go to the hospital. Yeah. So when she got there, they're like, you didn't have a stroke, you have shingles. And so you start her on medication. It was weeks of recovering because yeah. shingles takes a while. But like the sooner you get on medication, the sooner you feel better. Right. right. But that's like been her... Like I joke, you know, we all go get a physical every year. We go to our OBGYN and get a, you know, annual exam. I like, I don't know that my mom ever had a pap smear. Like that's just <laughs> not something she ever did. Like she right. never went to, a, after having babies, like that was it with that doctor. Yeah, you know? yeah. that was it with that doctor. <laughs> but so that, she just doesn't. And I think for her, it's fear. I think the fear is crippling. And she's convinced every time she was in the hospital, she's not coming home. Because my sister even said when she drove her home from the hospital, when she went in in August, that she was like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Like very chatty on the way home. Because, like, in a way, she's like, oh, I didn't think I was ever going to see any of this again. Right. How crazy. And she gets, like, giddy that she's out driving. And How she's funny. seeing it all because she was pretty sure she wasn't going to get to come home. Well, I think my dad's yeah. is mostly about money. Yeah. He thinks that Jeff never would never charge him for anything. They would barter. You know, my dad would be like, okay, I'll, I'll put new tires on your car treat my shattered thumb you yeah. know, they, they never cash never really exchanged between those two yeah. and my dad preferred it that way because he felt like jeff would treat him fairly that that was a fair treatment yeah. but if he had to go to a doctor we had to write a check yeah. he was absolutely positive that test was not necessary uh-huh. they charged uh-huh. me for an aspirin they yeah. massive conspiracy theory where money is concerned with well, doctors. some of it is true some of it is true <laughs> some of it is true but like i'm like now that he's on Medicaid or whatever yeah. he'd go all the time yeah. no problem going now yeah. he's still not getting treated if he's diagnosed with cancer he says but he he's you know he had a little like a, 
a, a sunspot on his forehead that ended up being skin cancer and they removed it and it cost him like nothing yeah and he was fine with that but he was convinced he did not understand why they wouldn't biopsy and remove in the same day oh why are you wasting my time to biopsy and make me come back later so you can get charge them twice (laughs) right now you get to charge them twice and i'm like daddy you know they can't really plan for that how do they schedule their day how do they know when you're coming in that you need surgery so that they can then schedule the surgery how would the doctor be able to manage his time just that piece of it you makes sense to me. might need surgery. Just block me out for the afternoon. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, that's not how <laughs> it works. Not. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Hey, babe. I'm going. Where are you going? Of a job today? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to a meeting. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can't? Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay. All right, uh, babe. Reads tomorrow? Uh, today? Today. Okay. Okay. Love you guys. Love you, babe. Bye. Bye. Have a good meeting. My dad used to keep track of um, x-rays, like, you know, when you go to the dentist and they're like, oh, we need to take new slides. I do. And I think that's like, it's genetic because I'm like, didn't you do it last time? Because that's, I was totally my dad. He was always convinced you're just trying to take more x-rays because you get to bill me for the x-rays and you don't need to take more x-rays and that you're going to put cancer in my body because you're taking the (laughs) x-rays. So he was always convinced. So he used to take, keep track of every doctor and when they took x-rays on things and be like, no, you took one six months ago. You don't need a new one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was really weird about that. But that being said, my parents were so different. If my dad literally had like a paper cut that he thought maybe required stitches, he was like the first one at the doctor oh, funny like he was like i think i'm running a temperature i'm going to urgent care like he totally was like at the doctor constantly which was so crazy because my mom like you know is lying in bed and thinks she had a stroke and won't go to the doctor yeah. and my dad's like i have a paper cut i need to go to the doctor so funny, <laughs> That's funny. and your mom kathy has has a uh health issue they can't seem to diagnose correct yes which has got to be frustrating it's incredibly frustrating for her for me um but she pulled a very similar jimmy kemp thing this Mm. past summer uh she had two mris and they had different results and the doctor called and said we want to send you for another mri she's like nope i'm not doing that Uh. i was like what do you mean you're not going she's like no they can't figure it out so i'm not going back I'm like, are you punishing the doctor? Like, what? <laughs> or yourself? Like, what's happening? Like, why? It sounds like you're paying the price. I'm like, what is your plan? Well, I don't know. Oh, that's a really good plan. Right? Like, what? So you don't feel well. You're nauseous every morning when you wake up, but you refuse to go to the doctor because they haven't figured it out yet? Yeah, what are the other symptoms? Uh, basically, that's kind of it. She has a lot of gastrointestinal problems uh-huh. that can't be diagnosed. We don't know what's going on. Um one of the MRIs said she had several hernias. The other one was like, no, no, or not even the other one. The other doctor who read it was like, no, 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 it's just two. One's really large. And, you know, there's like this back and forth. But she was waking up nauseous every morning. She couldn't eat. She lost a significant amount of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to what happened four years ago where she was hospitalized for yeah. 17 weeks. Right. Um, and did they ever figure out what that was? Mm-mm. No. I actually have a new theory, but of course, because she's refused care. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't have a doctor to talk to, so I don't yeah. really know what's going on. What's your and new theory? She's gotten better. You know, both of these incidents, I mean, four years ago, the original incident that got her to have surgery, mm-hmm. um, I still don't know what that was. But she, after she had surgery, that's when everything went downhill and she was hospitalized for so long. 
um, in May, she had surgery again and then got ill again. So I'm like, is there something going on? Like, are you allergic to anesthesia? Oh, like, yeah. is there something that happens in the surgery process that you're re- reacting to? Like, right. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if that's possible. But I bet it is. Yeah. Every time I I've know. had any kind of anesthesia, I have thrown up. Yeah, massively. yeah. it's awful. Um, Not that that's. But what, then it's only for like a day. Like, it is, yeah, but but yeah, no, and then we're better. Yeah, but who yeah. knows if like it's different for someone else? Like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't, I'm just it's wonder because Googling. my yeah. Maybe we're Googling. worth Googling. <laughs> Although, yeah, Googling. I well because you know when your parents aren't here and you're getting. Um, and they're in the hospital and you're getting little bits and pieces of what's going on. Yeah. I literally am sitting on the internet the whole time. My sister's sending text messages, text message, and I'm reading it and then I'm like Googling, Googling, like looking up what everything means and trying to put it together. And then I have questions, so I'm texting my sister, ask them this, ask them that, or my, you know, husband's, my father-in-law is a doctor, so I'm sending him the questions and he's like, that sounds right, but ask them this. And so I'm getting all these different, you know, things, but I'm basically sitting in front right. of the computer, which is good and bad because then you read something and you're like, oh, that's bad. See, that actually sounds more challenging because without another sibling to sort of do that, like I'm like, just put the doctor on the phone. Oh, yeah. Give the doctor the Well, and I'm the getting half of then- it. So then I, when I went home, I said something <laughs> to my sister like, oh, well, when we're still dealing with this, my sister goes, oh, no, 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 that, that was wrong. They, they thought it was that, but it yeah. ended up not, and I still this whole time thought that this that other was thing was an issue, right. but she had forgotten to communicate yeah. with uh, me that that oh no 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 that actually wasn't it, and I was like oh that would have been really good to know, yeah. Right. Because actually I was cooking, making her food for a specific diet that had to do with her with oh, this the issue and right, and that there was no issue. Yeah, that or wasn't that was the problem. And then this was a little funny side note. So my sister keeps saying, "Hang on, I'll call you back." Doctor Dick just walked back in. Doctor Dick, doctor, you know, <laughs> Doctor Dick said this, and so I'm googling Doctor Dick at the hospital that they're at and trying to find out who is this guy. And I was like, "What?" I so I just jokingly because you know it's very intense. On my sister wrote, "What an unfortunate name," and she wrote back, "Oh no, that's not his name. He's just a fucking dick." So that's what I call him. <laughs> And then she's like, his name is actually, and it was like this crazy long name. And I was like, for three days, I've been looking. I have thought my mom's doctor was Doctor Dick. That's hysterical. Never his name. Oh my god, that's funny. No, no, that's not his name. Like, that's not his name. He's just a fucking dick. And I was like, oh, oh. my God. Okay, got it. Got yeah. It. Right. That's really funny. Right. Yeah. The challenges of being far away. Well, and right? he had terrible bedside manner. So this is yeah. another interesting thing. So he had terrible bedside manner, had zero patience for my mom, who is a difficult patient, but I'm sorry, aren't at least 50% right. people. Especially at when least they're in the hospital. Difficult pa- I think they're all difficult. And he was just like, my sister's like, he was so rude to her, like so yeah. short with her. And it was really pissing my sister off. Um, and just like when my mom got home from the hospital, I was talking with her and she's like, well, I'm never going to see that, you know, whatever Dr. Dick's name was again, you know, like I'm not going to, I'm going to find someone else if I have to go back for those issues again. So I said, you know, mom, there's NPR just did this whole story that I heard that, um, women who are treated by female doctors have a much higher success rate of recovery than if a woman's treated by a male doctor and the same for men. Men who are treated by men do better versus men who are treated by women. And I think it's honestly because like my mom was in the hospital for gastrointestinal stuff, which for women is different for men. Yeah, yeah. And a woman would be like, ooh, that is uncomfortable. Or like, yeah, I can see how that's pressing on your chest bone. Like different things that like my mom was like complaining about that he just didn't have the patience for her. 
And so I, like, weirdly enough, the only male doctor I have is my dentist. All my doctors are women. But that wasn't, I don't, like, maybe it was, like, subconscious that I did that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would never have gone to a male OBGYN, like, ever. No, that just would right. never have occurred to me. But, and I when I have friends who had, and I was like, why? why? Like, yeah. I, don't, I like with the women like seem to understand what's going on down there a little better than I don't even go to an OB man. I oh, go to my hey. regular doctor does my so uh, my OB does my physical smear. isn't that funny oh how funny so yeah. my regular doctor yeah. does my I go to my regular doctor for like if I'm sick mm-hmm. but my OB and she are friends mm-hmm. and so she shares all my information with her Right. Well, mine share too. Yeah. I'm at Cedars. But, um, but int- so, you know, that, I thought that was interesting. That so is I interesting. I said to my mom, we need to find a female gastroenterologist if you have to go back again. You're right. not going to go to a Dr. Dick again. No more Dr. Dick. <laughs> no more. We're done We're with We're looking him. for Dr. Vagina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where is she? Where is she? <laughs> She's out there somewhere. So, oh, Kathy, do funny. you have a doctor? Oh, I interesting. Do. You do? I do not have a doctor. No, you do not. No, what? Don't. Nope. I don't. I'm terrible, actually. I really do not go to the doctor. Ever. So when was the last time you had a physical? When I was 40. When you were 40? <gasps> mm-hmm. When did you turn Do you 40? go get a I went when I was 40 you? because I turned 40 and it felt like I was supposed to go. Um, you but go I then? did not like that doctor. It oh, was, got it. Oh, I have so, a really good one. I'll give her a I will actually off. take that name because it's I... Uh, <laughs> it's funny that you say that because um, my OB... There was a practice where there were two doctors. One was male, one was female, and mm. they would alternate. Like yeah. each month, you would see someone different because mm. I had originally gone in to see the woman, um, and they had said, uh, you know, if something happens, like what if she's not on call when you go into labor or whatever? You yeah. should know the other person. Yeah. Um, and he ended up delivering both of my children. Oh, too funny. Uh, yeah, she ended up getting pregnant at the exact same time and had her child the first like a week after I had Max. So wait, wait do you go um, to an OB every year? I do not. Now I don't see them anymore but at you, all. So you don't go get a pap smear once a year? No. <gasps> I know. Isn't that well, terrible? Now I sound like your mom. If you don't. Oh like, my God. I know. Well, I get a physical. Mm. Uh, well, I get a physical. My doctor... My doctor requires me to get a physical and uh, uh, like a GYN physical. Yeah. Uh, Because of my health history and my family's health history, I don't need one except every two years in my 40s. But I can't get my um, birth control refilled Ah. unless I have that once a year. So I have to go once a year to get my birth control. But she said, if you're healthy and you don't have any issues and you don't have any history of cervical cancer, ovarian cancer, any kind of, you know, real big health issues in your lady parts, then there's you really shouldn't go. There's no need to go more than every other year unless you're having problems or you have a bad health history. Um, But yeah, I stopped going to the OBGYN years ago because I asked my regular doctor, I said, what, is it really necessary? Can I just do one-stop shopping? Like, can I get a physical and a pap smear and a, a like a lady yeah. part exam all in one and my doctor was like yeah i can do that for you but some people would prefer to go there like a specialist so some right. people would right. prefer to go see a specialist but you don't have to by any means i can perform all that for you right. so that's what i did i was like why would i go twice right when i don't have any problems like if i were having hormone problems or yeah. you know if she found a lump or something then i would totally go but right I don't have that. It's not in my family history. My mom has uh, endometriosis, but I don't have that. Right. Um, so I just go see doctor, my, my regular doctor, who I love. I've been seeing her for like 20 years. She's awesome. 
But um, yeah, it's funny. I used to go see the doctor all the time, and then we moved here, and then life just happened. Yeah, and then I only had an OB. Yeah, because I got pregnant yeah. right away. Right and then, when you moved here, right? Yeah, yeah. I just I and think it's it just the crazy thing not. is in the past like six months to a year, I've had so many friends who have had diagnosis from their mm-hmm. yearly checkup that they weren't aware really? of. Really? Yeah, like a mom who well, I'm not going to say her name, but will afterwards right. was had a clean mammogram in October and was diagnosed with breast breast cancer in July. Oh my god. And it was advanced enough that she just had a double mastectomy and has to have treatment afterwards. So she's oh a my long wow. in 8 months. Uh-huh. Wow, that's crazy. I know, I got to go get my... my I do mine every May, so it's like but Saint, you know, where we go, they are really good about being on you to schedule yeah. and and then I, you know, the colonoscopy's coming up like 50. Yeah. is when you do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. super fun. Yeah. Well, I I've, had, I've had, I had one already because I had done when I had celiac when I got diagnosed with celiac mm. disease, they had to do a baseline. Yeah, right then, and so I had it. It's lovely. I don't <laughs> think it's lovely. No, I'm gonna have to have it Although you do want to, the crazy thing is that I joked because we had a friend who just had his for the first time, and I was like, "Weigh yourself as soon as you're done." because <laughs> there's literally nothing great. in you but then you like i remember um darren t- was like let's go get because you can't eat for like a long time before and you're just emptying um he's like let's go get something to eat and i was like well i don't want to muck it up right <laughs> like it's so clean down there right now it's so clean. i'm like squeaky clean uh-huh. but you do obviously but it was just funny because you do feel like i'm spotless do they there. give you a colonic before they do something you start the night before and it literally do you have enemas or so you have to no it's this thing you have to drink you have to drink a thing yeah are you kidding me it's brutal I don't want to do it I have to do it too (laughs) I have colon cancer in my family that's the one cancer in my family is colon and my grandmother had it and they because she had a regular colonoscopy they found it very early and were able to just surgically remove and done no treatment after so I'm hoping if it happens for me I'll do the same so I have to start my doctor is like, until you're 50, we're not going to worry about it. Yeah. She didn't get diagnosed till she was like 80. It happened wow. when she was like 80. But good for her that she was doing that. Oh, she was all about it, baby. I was so bummed when she passed away. She had a stroke um, and she lived alone yeah. and she had a stroke sometime at night. Uh. And so my dad came in for lunch the next day and she had had the stroke and couldn't move or take care of herself for like probably 12 hours. And she had fallen where we thought she probably had the stroke, didn't know what was going on, and then stood up and fell and hit her head. So when he found her, she was like in a pool of blood and not able to move very well and could talk a little bit. But she had been there for hours. Hours, yeah. And, you know, with a stroke, so if you if you can get care right away, yeah. right away, you have a much better time. She never recovered. How old was she? She was 86. So, they do you know. say that the quality of life can be really bad afterward. So I don't know if it's a blessing sometimes. You know, I believe that she decided she was not recovering. Yeah. I believe yeah. that she starved herself. Yeah. I really do. Because... Um, because that's what I believe. Yeah. I believe that she did. I mean, I went down there and stayed two nights with her in the hospital after she'd had the stroke. And I fed her and I could get her to talk to me a little bit. Um, but she never talked again after I left. 
and I don't think she ate regularly again. I think she just decided this ain't this ain't the way it's going down for me. (laughs) I'm not going in some kind of nursing home. Right. I mean, up until she had the stroke, she was cooking two meals a day for four men. You know, for my dad, his brother, my my uncle's grandson, and then my aunt's son that came and ate lunch and dinner with her almost every day. she was super active, had a full garden. She had planted her full garden, and she passed away in May, so they had to finish like this whole big crop of food that she had planted, and she was totally fine. Yeah. She had had a stroke before, years ago, when I was like 33. She had a stroke, but it was pretty mild, um, and she was able to completely rehabilitate herself, um, total rehabilitation from it. She had... Um, I guess atrophy mm-hmm. in on her left side that she just threw. She didn't go to physical therapy. She just made herself work until it all got to be working again. Um, physical therapy is like a 45 minute drive from her house. Mm. So she was like, I'm just going to continue planting my garden and continue cooking lunch and continue washing my own dishes and doing my own laundry. And it just mm-hmm. came back over time. Wow. And at that point, if I was 33, she was in her 70s. So, crazy. Yeah. I don't want to get old. I mean, I don't mind the age part yeah. or how you look. Yeah. I don't want right. this health stuff. I know. I don't want it. Um, it scares me, especially the scariness of a stroke or a heart attack or something that's sudden like that that you can't really prevent or predict. That really scares me. Being incapacitated. Oh. I think that's the scary part. Oh, Yeah. I don't want to be incapacitated. No, I agree. You know? Uh-uh. And I think like, that with your grandma, that happens more, like, where people call it. Yeah. They know. Yeah. I mean, we all have, I mean, Darren and I d- definitely have our medical protocols all in our... We uh-huh. do, too. Yeah. All done. Um, when you're doing it, you're like, you know, we were, like, laughing and joking, because you're like, wait, can I talk? Or can I? <laughs> I know, I right? I, no, no, no. Pull the plug. No, wait, wait. Can I walk? Or but I can walk, but I can't talk. Mm, nah, still pull the plug. Like we're, yeah, yeah. So we like we're joking about it, but it's like the reality yeah. of knowing, um, you know, what you come back to. That was one. That was a bit, a little bit of a peace of mind when my father passed away. That he um, had he been had he not been being treated for pneumonia and had he been in the cardiac wing and not in the sick wing where he was he they probably could have saved him right and i talked to a, a mom that we know who's a cardiac <clears throat> emergency room nurse and she was very honest with me about what his quality of life would have been mm-hmm. had he survived it mm-hmm. and she said i think that you are better off that he did not he right. would not have wanted to be here and right. i was like okay so that actually made me feel a little right. bit better right. yeah. yeah knowing that because he was also a man who i mean the day that he died he you know was obviously feeling like total shit before he went to the doctor he had gone to the dry cleaner gone to the recycling plant like done all right, these right. things yeah so he liked to like do his thing he, he liked active. that he had this land and he was out raking and taking care of his land you know yeah so had he not been able to do those things he would have been miserable yeah yeah i think I so. say it's funny you were talking about joking with darren i had to do that with my mom when she was in the hospital oh. it's a very different conversation yeah when she's sitting there in the hospital like because she didn't have any of that stuff in right. place and right. there's a like 50 questions it's, <laughs> yeah. it's intense you know and very to have detailed, that conversation yeah. to think about like this is our current reality that was really hard yeah. for her and for me yeah like just thinking about like 
because I'm the person who is the gonna make executor, the, yeah, executor mm-hmm. and the um, ward or what's it called? Not executor ward. of the will, but like um, not guardian. Uh, she gave me power of attorney uh, and yeah. like a medical power of attorney when she was in the hospital. So like they couldn't do anything without my consent. Mm. Um, and that's just it's very weighty. It's very heavy. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really anticipate what that would feel like. Right. That process um, probably does, but I have to say when my aunt, my aunt had ovarian cancer and she had a do not resuscitate. Mm-hmm. And so um, when she was dying, when she collapsed at home and she died in the ambulance and they were resuscitating her and my other aunt was going, no, 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 right. no, 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 she doesn't want that. Yeah. And by they, they kept doing it until they could see until the actual yeah. document. And then when they got to the hospital, I guess the hospital had a copy of her document and then they stopped. Mm. But that was a weight off of my other aunt to go, no, 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 this is actually, it's actually what she I think it, my right. sister carries that with my dad. She had to tell them to stop yeah. in the hospital. Mm-hmm. She walked in and they were doing it. Yeah. Um, and, and trying to bring him back. But he was, his eyes were open. He was not, I don't want to use the word alert. He was aware of what was happening. Right. And he was waving his hands. Like stop. Yeah. yeah. So she had to tell him to stop. And she, that that's hard for her. I would imagine. That has got to be yeah. so hard. So I, that she, would be it's not a relief not. for her. She still gets really upset about it. Well, you know, yeah. for, for my aunt, yes. we knew she was, she was going. Yeah. There was some point where she was not going to make it through cancer right so if it's today or next week right, right. she's going and she's clearly going right, now right. so let her go now. let her go just let right. her go um you live make it in you were this it, it is this is uh like it's not fun to think about and i do no. have friends who are dealing with illness and some treatable and some not and it's just like oh god getting old <laughs> i don't want it i don't want it i don't want it at all there's part of me that still feels super young it's so funny bert well. this morning bert's laying in the bed and he goes so when you look in the mirror leanne what what age do you see and i went i don't know i don't really want to answer that question i don't know because i look better than a lot of 48 year olds but i don't look as good as my mom did at 48 so i don't know i don't know i mean i don't think i look 48 and he was like okay then how old do you feel i was like i feel 30 I really do feel about 30 years old. Yeah. And I'd like to stay. I don't need my outside to reflect that. I would like my health to reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my level of activity and my physical yeah. like health to be 30. And I'm definitely not as strong as I was at 30. I'm not in as good shape as I was at 30. Uh, because being in good shape and being physically fit was effortless when I was 30. It's definitely not effortless at 48. It's definitely takes a lot more effort well we don't have as much time free time i should say no but i mean yeah. i could hike runyon canyon and not get winded and then not hike hike runyon canyon again for four months and still not get winded right that would not happen now yeah <laughs> that's not happening now yeah so i do fryman at least once or twice a week and it's so funny because there if i do it with a friend i do it by myself a lot uh-huh. but if i'm doing it with a friend and we're walking up the front side i'm like you yeah. talk for a little <laughs> i know <laughs> It's really hard to talk and breathe. <laughs> right? Like, you talk, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> right? I I'll find talk on the downside. That. I know, right? <laughs> I get the downhill. You get the uphill. But, yeah. uh, but right. I feel like I'm way more active at 48 than obviously. Oh, me too. I mean, like, you know, I don't think my mom was getting out of bed at 48, but like, oh, that was yeah. like, you know, 100%. I feel much yes. more active and I, I feel like young. My brain feels young. Like, my, yeah. I feel young. So it is hard to like, balance that with the fact that I do have friends who are 
like just getting diagnosed with illnesses and that they're going to have to deal with for the rest of their lives. And it's like, ugh. yeah, I don't like that. No, I don't want to do that. Me neither. No. I don't want to burden people either with my illness. I, I feel like that a lot of the time, too. You know, like I would I'm I'm such the caretaker in this household. I always think about that. If I got incapacitatedly sick, like even if for for a short period of time, my house would fall apart. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we would function like because I, I'm a single parent five days a week. So what would happen and what do single parents in the world do when they have a, an incapacitating illness? Like if you have breast cancer that you know that's survivable, that you have to treat. But in the treatment of that, it's completely destructive of your day-to-day life. Yeah. How do you manage your life? People step in. That's our village. I mean, we had a friend. Well, yeah. You know, who a good friend of mine who was diagnosed with breast cancer and she's in full remission. You know who she is. But she, mm-hmm. we all just stepped in. We had a meal train going. We drove her kids. We people made her kids lunches every day and literally would drop them off or if her one of her sons went to the same school as mine and just brought it to school with us. Everything was just literally even to going over there, running the dishwasher, emptying it, cleaning up the kitchen after morning after they left because her husband can handle that part of it. But like he couldn't get it to a good place. People step in, you know, and help. Yeah, I guess they do. Yeah, I, I would step in and help. Me too. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't close to her. But I, I, well, actually, I did bring her a meal. Yeah. I brought her a meal. I, I made her Our a Our village is good. It is a good yeah. village. We are really lucky. We are. Kathy left the village. Stupid. She's still kind of in the village. <laughs> still kind of in the village. She's still kind of in the village. My heart's in the village. Yeah, yes. Yes, I make you come here once a week to do this podcast. <laughs> and, all right, so this Please. is the saddest thing, too. So, our, our, like, not sad, but funny, like, that I think about this. So, um, we have contemplated, like selling our house and moving into a bigger house but then we don't you know because number one I don't want to leave the village but number two I do think like we you know our mortgage is totally manageable and we would have a much higher mortgage mm-hmm. if we move which would be super stressful and not good for me but also like as I get older this house is perfect for an old person yeah like it's very manageable it's yeah. one floor yeah. there's no steps going up and down like now I do have a bathroom right next to my room it's very manageable and I'm like so I only, you know, I have three more years of not even now of my son still living at home and, you know, seven more of my, or no, no, I'm less than that now. Six, six yeah, more six. of my daughter living yeah. at home. Like, what am I moving to a bigger house for? It's, yeah. it, we all know how fast this goes by. It's the blink of an eye. We have so, this conversation regularly yeah. in this house because we're like, I would love one more room. Yeah. But really, for uh, for what? For the next six years? For the next four years? In four years, George will be gone, and I'll have that one more room. Right. So yeah. you're going to buy a big house yeah. for one more room for four years? I don't know. It is really a hard thing, because we would like a slightly bigger house. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong with this house. And this is a great house for a couple. Yeah. You know, when yeah. Bert and I are by ourselves. You, and then if you keep the manageable mortgage. mortgage, then maybe you could buy the second home somewhere else and spend half your year somewhere else somewhere else so that's what i think about is if i move into a bigger house i'm never going to be able to afford a second mortgage and i wouldn't buy a house house like i mean maybe a condo somewhere else i don't know yeah but i just like the idea of going somewhere else (laughs) yeah i do too yeah um so it's just i like i i go over that and i'm like i I, it goes by so fast i got three more years i know it's crazy isn't it crazy well, apparently I'll have a little more than that since my daughter's going to community right. college. Right. Unless they all rent a house together or something. In Pasadena. Their rents Pasadena, aren't bad. There you go. That, no, yeah. Not bad at all. It's or Santa Monica's would yeah. be more expensive. A little bit more expensive, but, yeah. but still that community college is awesome at both of them. They are, yeah. 
I don't know about LA Valley College. Do you know anything about that? that it's really good from what I understand. Yeah, I don't know. And Pierce, some people Pierce go to Pierce. Too, right? for, Pierce is really good for a yeah. year or two. Right. Well, yeah. what's your biggest fear about your parents aging? What's your biggest fear? Well, now that I only have the one, I like feel like when she's gone, I'm going to feel like an orphan. And the, and the crazy reality of when I was just home was... Um, my brother, my sister, and I've always thought, I've thought of the three of us as being very, very close, but my parents were what tied us together. And every time I go home, it was the big family dinners, and it was always dictated by my dad, and now it's changed. The, the you know, the whole, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, just the- Dynamic? Dynamic with mm-hmm. us, because it's, it's my mom, which is a very different dynamic. My dad was the leader of our family. Right. And so it's now changed to making sure my mom is okay, making sure, you know, my sister has a lot of steps that lead up to her house. So maybe we do dinner at my brother's because it's easier for her just to walk up his front walk and not walk up all those steps. So all like, it's about her and the time together, but we go home because my mom can't really travel. And that's why we always go home for mm-hmm. every vacation, which really isn't a vacation. No. When yeah, you're just going not. home, it's not a vacation. But um, do I still go home then? Will they maybe come visit me more? Because now nobody really comes to me because I always go there. Right. And like she's there what ties us together. Will we still be as close? Will we still spend that much time together? Like feeling like there's not that tie anymore. Right. There's not that family bond right you like literally feel like i that's what i I feel like i'll feel like an orphan right Mm -hmm. that's hard it is it's a sad reality that is like sad yeah i guess like that visit home in august was rough was it it was because the the reality became really clear right the the future is and then knowing how my brother that like i really just kind of found out about his anger then and that made me sad for him and wanting him to work through it but i can't force him to do something that he's not ready to do well sure but that would be hard to learn. Yeah. To learn yeah. that. And then I feel bad for my sister and I are really close, but I do feel bad that so much of the weight is on her. Right. Gift cards. And it, I, gift it cards. might be why, honestly, I moved here. I always do get her a nice birthday present. Um, it may, I, I, I mean, I moved her 22 years ago, but I think that I was trying to get away. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a different reality to yeah. have to kind of accept. If yeah. I was trying to get right. away from there then maybe I didn't want the bond I thought I wanted. Or maybe I didn't want that dynamic I thought I wanted or that I thought I should want or that is, you know, what looks like the normal happy family may not be so normal or happy. Right. That's really a lot to swallow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I, well, Kathy, how will you feel when your mom passes? Or when she, if she deteriorates? Um, what do you think? What's your biggest fear? That was my I question. I don't know what my biggest fear is. I'm, I have to say I'm so relieved to know that she's potentially going into a place. Like I'm, I think yeah. my biggest fear was her being alone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Something there's happening. literally nobody there. Right. You know, even my brother who's close is four hours away. Mm. So it's not like anyone's super close. Um, so if she's in a place where she's not alone, I will feel so much better. I will right. still feel massively guilty if something happens when I'm not there, which I have to accept because it's going to happen. Like yeah. I'm not, I don't live there. I'm not going to be there when something happens. Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just the reality. Um, so that will definitely be hard. Um, 
but that was your biggest fear so she kind of that was so hopefully if in the next two years whenever her name comes up on this place like she'll be fine until then yeah you know what i mean um and it's that kind of interaction that keeps them younger yeah Yeah, the social stuff makes such a difference it could actually like be adding life to her yeah yeah absolutely which is awesome yeah yeah so it would be it'll be so great for her i'll be really really relieved when that step happens yeah i'm happy to hear that too so yeah I don't know what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that something will happen to my dad and I won't be able to get to him mm-hmm. the way he would want me to. Right. And I. The way that you would want to. Or even. the way that I would want to. Yes. Like, um, which are two different wants. The way he yes. would want me to and the way I would want to are very different. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be able to fulfill either of those. Yeah. And feeling bad, like I said before, that his girlfriend's children are would be like your sister genie like yeah. the one the heavy caretaker because they live there and really in all honesty but he's been a dad to them too he has been mm-hmm. i was just going to say that in all honesty they've been together for like 17 years yeah. and his, her youngest child uh her daughter was 13 when they started dating i completely understand what that feels like my dad dated uh, jan his second wife they were together from age like eight to 20 so that's a huge part of my life. Yeah. And so he's done the same thing for her kids, especially, yeah. especially the younger one who was still living at home when they were first in their relationship and first moved in together. So he kind of raised her. So I understand that she would feel like probably great to help take yeah. care of him. But I would still feel really bad that it, I'm, the, I'm the daughter that mm-hmm. lives 3,000 miles away that can't, you know, because I, I see how taking care of my grandmother is affecting my aunt and cousin. That it, it has become their all day, every day mm-hmm. to take yeah. care of her. Are they resentful to other people for not helping I, them? You know, I don't. That's a good question. I don't know. They definitely have opinions about my mother's lack of focus. Mm. They definitely have an opinion about that. I don't know that it's resentment because I think that you can't get blood from a turnip. Yeah. You know, I think they yeah. kind of know you, you, she should be bleeding, but you're, she's never going to bleed. So why would you ever expect that sort yeah. of, but so they've definitely let me know that my mother is not pulling any kind of equal weight. Right. But they also are like, but do we really want your kid? Uh, it's interesting, uh, just and maybe this will help you or maybe not, but the, um, when my father passed away and I was really feeling for my sister who was in the room and had to make that call and it was really rough and I could tell that it was, I mean, we were all suffering, but it was really heavy on her. Mm-hmm. One of my parents' best friends from when we were growing up, it was a couple um, who we were super close with growing up and they aren't as close, obviously haven't been for years. Like they were at my wedding, but like we hadn't seen them for years. Mm-hmm. Um said to my sister kept asking her how I was doing and I think my sister was kind of like she's fine like why why do you keep asking about Jeannie you know, like, right and she's like well you know it's it's the hardest on the ones who weren't there interesting it's the hardest on her because she's not there right so my sister t- actually told me that she said that and she was like you know she's really worried about you and I was like well it's, you know you feel guilty it sucks you feel terrible yeah I, but at this I, point yeah. I moved here 22 years ago my husband's job like he can't do his job anywhere but here Mm -hmm. this is what he does you know our family's here now our kids and it's where we have to be so that's why we make the sacrifice of every trip 
vacation vacation yeah it's the same with <laughs> being us. home yeah. yeah this is the same with us where yeah. else could Bert live I mean yeah. if he just did the road as a comic if that's all he did yeah we could live anywhere if we were school teachers right. or something like that yeah, we and could live you could anywhere. teach anywhere right it would be different but like this is what I met a guy who's in production so it's like what you know what do you do what do you do so that does kind of help me you know I'm living my life the best way I can live my life so I can't live like feeling guilty that I'm not there but I just was like so I thought it was so interesting that she said that because you know she's older and been through it and yeah said you know it's hardest on the ones who aren't here so that's anyways. that's a good perspective yeah um I am worried about that I'm worried about um I've I've I have that same wonder how we spend every summer uh, we go back to see family yeah every single summer since the kids were really small we made sure we go back to Georgia and to Florida Will we do that when my dad's gone? I don't, I mean, I don't know. Where would yeah. we, where would we stay? I mean, I'm going to inherit his portion of our lake house unless he sells it before he passes, but, but I don't know. And that makes me really sad because I'll miss my family, but I have a, a real connection to that land. Yeah. Like my grandparents' farm and the river where I grew up playing in the river constantly and our lake house. I have such, an emotional connection to that land yeah that that is going to be hard for me to not ever go back on that land again yeah i I spent so much time you know in my troubled teen years when i was really emotional and upset about life i used to sneak um, my dad bought like seven acres from my grandparents off their farm and their farm had a river was one border of their farmland it had like 80 some acres so one border was a river which is where their pastors were because he had he raised beef cattle my grandfather so my dad just kind of carved out like seven or eight acres at the road and at night when I was emotional and I couldn't sleep I would sneak out and go to the river and I'd sit oh I'm gonna cry Shit. <laughs> I would sit on the bank of the river and just listen to the river mm. and I would calm down and then I'd go back home and I could sleep right and I did that the whole time I lived with my dad until I went to college and I can't imagine life without that river <laughs> hopefully you don't have to I don't know right. what I would do yeah but I mean I only see it once a year yeah but it's such an emotional place for me that particular place where we camp we go float the river yeah. every year it's the same river that where we float it's not the same spot but and that river feeds the lake that my dad has a house on so right. that part really scares me that I'd never get to go to that place well again. and my mom selling the house three months after oh, was yeah. I wanted her to she didn't want to be there and I wanted her to be happy I mean not that she's happy but I wanted her to be comfortable um, but I it was all just like it has to be done we're doing it now and we were so busy and you're talking literally I mean they were married um, for 51 years when oh my God. he passed away and like it was just a lot of shit you know yeah, 51 yeah. years and, worth of stuff and you couldn't think I mean like there was like Christmas decorations and stuff like she's moving to a 750 square foot apartment <laughs> my brother and my sister only want to store so much I'm not flying I mean I did I probably spent like a thousand dollars shipping boxes of stuff and then my mom spent thousands sending my dollhouse their dining room table stuff that she couldn't fit she wanted that my brother and my sister wouldn't take and she didn't want to get rid of so she's like I'll pay for it to go so I got it all but um but the first visit that we went back 
after she moved and we stay with my brother now because he has the biggest house was really depressing yeah and it was a rough trip and it was a rough trip on many levels first of all it's the new dynamic and getting used to everyone's still raw but we're in someone else's space like before we went to visit my mom and dad literally like stood at like stare like with their faces smushed up against the window waiting for our cab to pull up from the airport you know like they're entire they've been counting the hours my dad has been tracking the plane (laughs) online waiting for us to get there my brother and my sister both have kids they're busy yeah they their lives are still happening when we're there versus like when we come visit my parents lives like revolved around us and we stayed with them yeah so now we're staying with people whose lives like we're like we have to go to tennis then we have hockey then we have this so we're trying to like just keep ourselves busy doing our own thing um my parents had a five-bedroom house we all had our own rooms we're sleeping on air mattresses now so we've done it a few times and it's just not it's miserable so we're not we're gonna stay this is the south we're either gonna vrbo or stay at a hotel moving forward right just because it's just not working it's not working yeah so all that changing but like the total like weirdness of like just there's no home to go home to anymore. I yeah. don't have a home to go home to. Right. My room that still looked like I was in high school, it was a little creepy. I mean, I'm the youngest. <laughs> so like my brother and my sister were in college and their rooms became not their rooms. My room like stayed my room. I mean, oh, it still crazy. had like my corsage. This is so weird. My corsage from like senior prom. <laughs> oh my God. Was still in the cup from prom on my shelf. The first time my husband came home with me, he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is really weird. But my room still looked like I lived in my room, you know? Know? Yeah. And so it's just now, I, you know, and so when we went home, it was like I was home. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's yeah. no home. So that part's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. I'm, it's, that part's rough. I haven't dealt with that yet entirely. My dad's mom, I lived with my dad and his, at his mom and dad's house during the early parts of my parents' divorce. So I'd lived in my grandparents' house. It was the only house they'd lived in my whole life. And when my grandmother passed, you know, my dad and his siblings inherited her estate. But I have a a cousin who has a son who just had a baby. And nobody really wanted the farmhouse. Nobody needed the farmhouse. How do you break up? How do you give one sibling a house and the rest of them get land? So all the siblings decided to gift the house and like one acre of land to my cousin's son, the new family. And then then someone's living in the house, too, while the state's being, you know, going through probate and all that stuff. They have someone, a guardianship or whatever. But the, eventually they're just going to gift him the house. But the house stays in the family. So it's but nice. the house stays in the family. And he can't sell the house unless they approve who he's selling the house to or they have the right of first refusal or something. I don't know. But I can't go back in her house. Makes you too yeah. sad? I can't. I can't yeah. do it. Have not been back there. I, I can't even look at it when I drive by. Mm. It, that was the only place. I went to six different schools from kindergarten to 12th grade. I moved constantly. I lived in trailer parks. I lived in apartments. I lived in different cities. That was the only constant in my whole life. That house never changed my entire life. Mm. I could walk in the door, and I knew what was happening in that house on any given day. I could tell you everything that was going on in that house on any given day my whole life. And now that's gone. I just can't deal with that house. So I'm not looking forward to the first time they invite me over. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I don't think I can go in the house. It'll be, it's going to be really hard, but it'll be oh, good too. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid it at yeah. all costs. I don't know. Um, I know they're enjoying the house, which is oh, good. good. That makes me happy. And yeah. I'm sure it yeah. would make granny happy to know that Cody is in there and he's raising his kids 
that was my granny's dream house she uh when she got married to my pop she said that's the house i want that's the house i want and they ended up being able to buy it that's awesome so for her it was her dream come true which was really kind of cool is your mom in the house you grew up in no no okay. when my parents got divorced they sold the house okay. so when i was in college my right. the house i grew up in was gone so but it was i mean you know going back there and driving by it's very bizarre well i haven't it's been past very, back it's only been two and a half years since the house sold but i haven't been past it because um it's not there anymore a neighbor two doors down who was my dad was a lawyer was also a lawyer uh friended be friended my parents was clo- like not close but friendly with them and when my parents when my dad passed away and they found out that my mom um was going to sell they offered they wanted to buy it because and they were not going to knock it down they were going to fix it up they told my mom what they wanted to do she could have gotten way more for it had she listed it sold it to them and they knocked it down no way yes they did they knocked it down that sucks so it's gone so I'm not my mom won't drive past there either she's like I said have you driven past and she's like no it's not there anymore there's nothing to drive past it was a huge they had a huge piece of land in a prime neighborhood and these people totally took advantage of her totally at a really hard time that's that's an evil human being it's really evil yeah and I had a bad feeling about it I totally had a bad feeling about it Oh, that stinks! And the worst part is, is that my parent, my mom had already hired a realtor, and they, she had her do all this stuff to it before, and buy all these new appliances. Oh, no, that sucks. And so she spent all this money. But I did. I had a bad feeling, and I called the realtor, and my sister's oven had just gone on the fritz, and I said to her, "Would you please ask the neighbors who are buying the house if they're buying new appliances? Because my mom just bought that oven, and my sister needs a new one." And we would like to take it if they're not going to use it. And they did say they could take it. Oh. Because so they were going to knock it down. So right. I sent my sister over. They, yeah. The fridge, ref, the brand new refrigerator. It's all the stickers on it. It's probably, you know, got trashed too. It's so annoying. That's awful. But um, at least my sister got the oven. <laughs> at least she got the oven. <laughs> the bun is in the oven. Yeah. yeah so mad. And yeah. the craziest part is my sister has my dad's car. My mom gave her my car, his car. Rightfully so. Like, you know, they don't have my sister. She has three kids. Um two almost three of them are driving now you know they needed more cars so my she has my dad's car so i always i like sometimes when i go home i drive it it feels so weird still smells like him and now my mom got a new car so she has my mom's car too so like when you pull up at her house i'm like i feel like i'm at mom and dad's it's right? so weird because it's like their car is parked side by side it's so weird. that is yeah. bizarre you know my that's really weird. my uncle got my grandmother's truck and every time i see it i'm like you're granny's like, yeah. over oh yeah. wait, wait no uh, granny's dead wait, start, what? yeah your it's heart bizarre. every time i pull up my heart skips a beat then i'm like oh yeah it is bizarre my granny yeah. drove that truck forever yeah and it smelled like her too and when she passed I uh, they let me drive her truck because I don't have a car in Georgia while I was there yeah. for the funeral and she had she always wore men's collared shirts as like an overshirt so if she was working in the garden she'd put on this men's collared shirt and she left one in the back of the truck and I stole it <laughs> I put it in my suitcase it smells like her stealing. I didn't yeah. ask anybody but I took <laughs> okay. it I took some of my dad and I took letters. her serving spoons too I went to her drawer and I was like I'll be taking these serving spoons because she served every meal of my life with these spoons and they're coming home with me yeah and I'm not asking anybody. I saw the spoons and the collared shirt, and the collared shirt smelled like her forever. Oh, you are thief. I took some of my dad's sweaters. I took his calendar because he had the most amazing handwriting, and he had, would like every day write what he was doing in his calendar. Oh. So I was calendar and his, some sweaters. And Isn't that funny what you take? Yeah. My pop passed away when Isla was like six months old, so about 12 years ago. Um, 
he would drink coffee every morning, but he had this plastic green bowl that he would pour some of the coffee into when he started eating breakfast. And then by the time breakfast was over, he would pour that coffee from the bowl back into the coffee cup because he believed it would cool his coffee down just enough. So coffee's (laughs) just right. So he would, you know, he's just kind of evenly distributing. And so I was like, I'll be taking that green bowl. You should see that bowl. It is so gross. It's so coffee stained. He did it so many times that the plastic started bubbling up on the bottom. I don't care. That bowl's in my jewelry box. I was like, I'll be taking this bowl. Yeah. And he he uh, always wore overalls and he always wore a pocket watch never wore i know i don't think he owned a wristwatch. he had probably four pocket watches and one day i sat on his lap until i was way too old to be sitting in his lap one day i sat on his lap and i was playing with his pocket watch on his on his uh in his overalls and i said the only thing i want from you when you die is a pocket watch that's all i want so he got up and walked in his bedroom and gave me a pocket watch. And he said, now you don't got to fight anybody over Aww. it. There's your pocket watch. <laughs> so I have that too. Aww, I have that sweet. in his coffee bowl. How bizarre, right? That he pours coffee in this bowl, that's let it cool, funny. and then pour it back in the coffee so it would cool down the big cup to the temperature he decided was good. Wow. That's hysterical. Yeah, too pretty funny. funny. Well, thanks for talking to me about Oh, it's a heavy subject. It was it a little bit heavy, heavy right? Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. Uh, it is going to be rough. I mean, we're looking down the barrel of this being the future, right? Yeah. With yeah. our parents. I'm not looking forward to it. It's no fun. No. But, but, oh, well, maybe it helps somebody else. Yes. That's listening. Let's go feel like they're not alone. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Till next time. Yeah.